0: i know we complain a lot about disney on this program
1: no you think
0: <laughs> i think sometimes we have very strong opinions about the company in general megalomaniac all-consuming behemoth of entertainment that it is but oh, oh i'm the mascot of an evil corporation <laughs> but you know there are times when they come up with an idea so ludicrous that actually is pretty amazing like I'll not defend them turning Maleficent into what she is, but I will say it kind of is my trash. Like, I like it. Angelina Jolie as Maleficent is perfect casting, and I like the idea of Fairy Tales Told Anew, even if Disney has already been doing that, so it's weird for them to finally start saying it. We, We all knew, Disney, it wasn't a secret that you were doing that, but now... We have a character who has had little to no appearance since his creation getting his own feature-length film. I want you to take three guesses on what it is. Three guesses on what character from the Disney canon you think is finally getting their own movie.
1: Mortimer Mouse.
0: (laughs) I love that guess. It is not Mortimer Mouse.
1: Okay. Uh, Jiminy Cricket.
0: Hmm... That is also an interesting guess, but voiced no.
1: Voiced by uh, the British dude that is in everything right now.
0: You're in the right sort of way, though. Like time—that That is the correct time period we're searching through in Disney's canon, way back in the back. Give me one more. <laughs> I will tell you this. Has been in Kingdom Hearts.
1: I was going to say the the crows from Dumbo. No,
0: no. Okay. Has been in Kingdom Hearts
1: uh getting his own movie getting his own movie have they been in there have they been in a feature-length they have been in a
0: feature-length movie before but they're getting their own movie correct we're not the title character was just in the movie now getting their own movie
1: is it a well no that way back when way back
0: when 1940s well, it's era
1: not Ge- it's not geppetto because he's already had his own i said in Drew that era Perry. i
0: said in the era not from pinocchio i said okay. in the era of pinocchio back in the 1940s
1: blue
0: <laughs> no blue is from oh, much no, longer TV series. yes he also had his own thing i mean a character who's
1: Ha <laughs> spin it
0: <laughs> chernabog from fantasia from oh, Night on Bald Mountain. Oh no!
1: He's getting no, there are
0: reports that he is getting no, his own feature don't length do film. That.
1: that still ruined the mystery and the, the mystique of of Night on Bald
0: Mountain. I kinda think his appearance in the House of Mouse kinda ruined his mystique. He literally A little bit. pops up and says, I'm actually quite afraid of the dark and then yeah, like you forget that from when I, the villains take I, I, over. I,
1: I guess I did. Yeah. Because I don't remember that. I never saw the House of Villains episode. Oh, it's
0: fun. Uh, he also is on Once Upon a Time. So, yeah, I know. That's still going. The, the,
1: oh no, Once Upon a Time. I thought you meant, um, uh, the, the Christmas, the, the Mickey, like, uh,
0: that's Twice Upon a Christmas. No, Twice I meant Upon right? Once Upon a Time on ABC show. Turnbox also on that too. Anyway. I like it. I don't know why you hate it.
1: I I, I don't... It's, it's the same thing with M- Maleficent. It's ruining the mystique behind the
0: character. I think it's a chance to remake the Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron was a flop because it was dark but wasn't being marketed that way. It could have had a great audience in the 80s and it just wasn't sold to the people who would appreciate it. I think doing Chernabog giving him his own film would be an interesting move to make here again nice that it's not just a live-action remake of an already existing property we only have 10 minutes of Chernabog to go off of so we could go so much farther I don't mean no prequels I don't want prequels I just want to like see where he exists in the canon
1: why that's the I mean there are so many other stories out there to tell then let's give Chernabog a backstory
0: all right fine then you pick a character that has n- has been in a movie but has not their own feature-length film. Who deserves it?
1: Truth G- be told, Jimmy Cricket. That would be an interesting story. Where the fuck did he come from? He has character enough to possibly hold a story. Hell, do Geppetto right where Drew Carey is not involved. <laughs> where it's not a creepy, like, i a little wooden boy that I shall hold and call my son. I mean... There there are, there, are other interesting characters in the Disney canon that deserve a backstory besides these villains. Hell, you could still do villain stories if you really want to, but...
0: If you want to stick in this Pinocchio land that you've trapped us in, <laughs> I say the Blue Fairy deserves her own movie. I oh, want her to be, be subtly fun. pulling the strings behind every enchanted thing that's been happening throughout are, the Disney canon. Are you
1: talking like, uh... Like uh, the the good witch Linda the good witch from Wizard of Oz how she's the true bad guy yeah so
0: I want the blue fairy to be the enchantress who cursed the beast and uh, the superior officer of the fairy godmother who gives Cinderella her shoes and uh like, that's what I want. I want, like, this hierarchy within the Disney pantheon of this is the most powerful character and I can show and you why.
1: she's the one that, like, didn't invite Maleficent to the uh, christening.
0: Yes. Uh, I think that that would be fun in a twist sort of way to play off the Disney lore. Again, like, Disney's getting very meta. This seems a good character to get meta on. And we have so little of her to go off of that it's not, like, Trying to replace Robin Williams as the a, genie. Yeah,
1: she still has enough of a character to kind of work with, whereas it's not Chernobyl, Whereas this is like all powerful force that is defeated by a bell.
0: Well, by the by the grace of God, if the, the, yeah. the animation is anything to go off of.
1: By the grace of God. <laughs> so, I know who I'd make a movie off of. Who? you
0: And you, and but I'd make a movie about us. And we're married hey, to the yeah, idea, idea. And that didn't work at all. You want to try it one more time?
1: Uh, no, let's just say our names and then go, go with it.
0: I'm Elizabeth. He's Aaron. We're married hey, to the Aaron. idea. You can find us on Facebook at married to the idea. You can email us at to the Idea reviews at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Idea if you want to throw that sweet, sweet dosh at us. We are available on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we are in season three. Yes. Yay. We're coming up on the Christmas season. So very, very close, but we had to sneak in one more non-Christmas movie before we get into the thick of things.
1: Yes. We have a couple ideas for Christmas. Uh But this one, uh, we both looked at each other. We had an idea of what we were going to do for Thanksgiving.
0: We had exciting ideas for what we wanted to do. But the minute we saw Frozen 2, we knew it had to be a full hour-long dissection. We couldn't leave well enough alone. It wasn't one of those, oh, we saw it and that was good and time to move on with our lives. Nope, we had to hang out here in this hell that we've created for ourselves.
1: You just like to hear us suffer, don't you? I
0: just like to suffer along with you. That's what marriage is. (laughs) We are going to remain spoiler-free for the the first half half of the episode to give you guys as much as we can about what we thought of the movie without getting into plot twists or character development. However, I don't think we're going to get as far as we really want to. I think we're going to devolve really quickly, but we will give you a warning before that happens. Yeah. So let's talk Frozen 2. It's been a while since Frozen came out. Like, I had forgotten it, it had been a couple of years. I think it was
1: 2012, 2013. So yeah. It's been...
0: It's been know, years. Six,
1: seven years.
0: Um, also, really important to note, this is the first ever Disney princess sequel that has been released in theaters. Never before has any other Disney princess gotten a sequel in theaters, there was a spate of direct-to-DVD and VHS movies that came out so with Mulan and Belle. No, you
1: mean that cinematic masterpiece didn't come
0: out? None theaters? of the Cinderella's, none of the Beauty and the Beast's. Everything has always and she been. Did
1: Christmas? Didn't...
0: Ariel and Jasmine had their own freaking TV shows, but there's never Hang been. On. No, Aladdin 2 nope. didn't come out into. Did theaters. not come out to theaters. Neither did three. Uh, really. Really? So this is important here. because everyone
1: else was supposed to have, you know... uh, uh, And they uh, lived
0: happily happily ever after. Yes. And
1: then five minutes later, they boned.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about that, because I think that's kind of setting the stage for this. Frozen was such a worldwide phenomenon that they would have been insane not to bank on it in some way, to capitalize on it. And originally, I thought it was going to be just marketing. But then they announced, no, we're doing Frozen 2. And every trailer seemed to depict this... Lord of the Rings high fantasy-esque narrative where they travel the world and find new strange places. The
1: first trailer was so epic and mind-boggling. You were like, oh my God. Good
0: news, that Black Rock scene is absolutely exactly like that in the movie. Completely preserved. There are lots of scenes in the trailer that are not in the movie, but that scene is preserved.
1: Yeah, we'll get to my thoughts on that uh, later on.
0: Uh, But we can talk about a couple of things. Uh, As far as plot goes for non-spoiler town, there is basically an enchanted forest that Anna and Elsa go explore to discover um, what is trying to reach out to Elsa. She hears a voice all the time talking to her. She has to go figure out what it is uh and Anna comes along with her along with kristoff and sven and Olaf, and they all go to this enchanted forest of course they are because of course they are we have a team now a dynamic five some and they go to this forest to figure things out there are no let it goes so good news on that bad news is there is one particular four note chorus that your children will be humming for the next six months so get ready for that
1: instead of it being an entire song it's just one uh musical sting
0: it's a sting i was in my first grade class teaching my first graders we're working on our hand turkeys and i say so did anyone go see frozen 2? and six girls immediately go and say ah except they're all first graders so it's all off key and and tonal and adorable and and then
1: one one poor kid goes in the back
0: ah And that kid is my hero. (laughs) So you will hear that sting again and again ad nauseum. But...
1: I don't think that one will have the same lasting power as Let It Go. Well,
0: we will see as time progresses. There is a cute nod in the movie where... Elsa basically sees herself singing Let It Go and just turns away being like, oh Uh, gosh, oh, I can't believe. Like, yeah, I I know what I did there. I'm sorry about that, audience. I'm I'm sorry I did that. Nod
1: nod and wink, you know, nudge wink. Hey, 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 parents who had to deal with this. Hey, hey, you (laughs) remember this? Hey. Uh,
0: An important thing to note is that since it's six years later, this movie, not in the timeline, but in our world. It's
1: only, I would say, at the most, a year.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh at this point, the animation Actually, Aaron, I want to hear your thoughts on the animation first. What did you think of the animation for this movie?
1: I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Um this that was one of the high points for this movie was the just the visuals. There was a lot more care and detail to um mo- uh movements and um to the action. The first movie the animation was, was good, but I felt like it. This, the entire movie was a little bit more balanced overall, like everything had kind of a, a, you know, a B overall rating, you know, like including the animation and, you know, the animation was still gorgeous. The snow looked like snow, you know, the her dress when she transformed looked gorgeous, you know, all of that stuff. It would, had great comedic uh, squash and stretch um you know olaf getting impaled it didn't look harmful it looked like you know a, a ice go- going through a piece of snow but with this one the detail work was just on point uh, like it there was a couple points it felt like i was watching a real life movie with some really good cgi and then you, ha- you have to realize no All of this is CGI, or is all 3D animated. So, and then there's some points where it's a little bit less, but it's still a high-quality movie animation-wise.
0: I felt opposite.
1: Go again for Big Fudge.
0: On a weird level to me, the animation failed its visuals. There was a point in the movie... Where I'm watching it, and the scope and the size was all accurate, but I thought to myself, this movie is tethered. It's tethered by its 3D limits, and there are some things that it is trying to show, and I know what they're trying to show, and it is failing it.
1: I I I will agree to an extent because there are some thing, there were some things that felt like the trees, the backgrounds, the, all of that felt great, but then when you put the characters in it's it... It's good
0: dinosaur problem all over again. It uh, looks like a real world, but these are just animated characters traipsing through it. What are they doing here? They don't belong here. They don't match the level. It
1: wasn't... It's not like a Zootopia where the characters match. The characters are still nicely animated, and these backgrounds are nicely animated, but they're not... Uh, joined. See, I will agree with that. I, I it felt
0: like a... a the. Comparison was made that it felt like a laser light show. And it does. It feels technically amazing and interesting. But a laser light show is carefully choreographed. You're not going to find it in real life. And I didn't see anything that struck me like the nature of an Aurora Borealis, where it's just unplanned and magical in a way that 2D animation, I feel, captures a lot more often than this one does. It felt like you could replicate this easily when you go to Disney World this summer. Not so much as something that is beyond comprehension
1: and uh, and something I'm, I'm, I'll probably say a lot in this review entangled uh, the series the character designs and the background designs are so so much more well planned out um, and this and it's hard to go from 3d animated to 2d animated or at least 3d animated to a flat 3d animated. And these characters look great, especially when you have Rapunzel, who was adorable in 3D, who still looks adorable in this 2D for, uh, version. Um, I don't think Flynn looks as 100% good, but thats he looks great in the movie, he still looks really good in this, It's, but it's not the same level. I think Flynn's the only one that suffered a little bit.
0: Yeah, the Frozen characters, they all look good, but again, they don't fit in the world that they've created for them.
1: Yeah, I, no, I do agree with that. I think Olaf is probably one of the only ones, and that's because he's a uh, non, uh, non-human. Uh, he's, uh, the
0: he's more technically, I think it's going to be a problem for Disney Animation going forward, the more technically proficient they become at mastering the craft, the more we're going to fall into that uncanny valley. Uh, now, we did see a trailer during the movie for uh, a new Disney Pixar joint called Soul which looks really good and it's animating a sort of downtown new york brooklyn-esque sort of vibe Yeah, and the characters are stylized in a way that matches the stylization of new york and i feel like that one is going to match together pretty well whereas with this one we have things like these elemental horses which is like oh my gosh and then we have just like these cute fire lizards it's like there's a lack of cohesion in the design like
1: like with moana the characters and the environment mixed together always the Or even in the in the first frozen they still they mesh a lot better it's not that way in this one so i I would agree with that um so let's talk about the music yeah we gotta talk about it we, we gotta talk about the music um and liz was right there is no let it go there are two big grand songs that adina, adina Menzel gets to do in the song. And there's a big grand song that um, we won't say here um, in this part.
0: Anna does get a song. Anna does
1: get her she gets, own song. Well,
0: She has, she has a, a duet with Olaf at the beginning and uh, near the climax. It's, I would
1: say that's an ensemble song.
0: Ensemble song, yes, thank you. Um, but she does get a song, and you're right. We will save that for spoiler territory. Um, I think most people are going to remember into the unknown also because they had brandon yuri from panic at the disco cover it for the end credits which i really liked as well i think more people are going to be remembering that one but i think that show yourself is the true standout of that movie i can't go into why but i feel that it hits a greater arc of elsa's character It's quieter and understanding at the beginning, but it builds up, I think, a lot more. and is a lot more important and memorable and should be better. But I think Into the Unknown is what people are going to be humming on the way out.
1: Yeah, but that's the problem is is instead of it being just one big grand song, they split it into two and then made it weaker. And um, Kristoff, again, gets a song. But instead of it being kind of a fun thing where he sings on his guitar to uh, Sven... It's this big thing, and we're not going to really talk about it
0: here. I won't say what the song is about, but they essentially give him an 80s big hair power ballad straight up. It's fun. It's it's totally done on purpose. It's not like they forgot and they just all of a sudden made a meatloaf song, but they made a meatloaf song.
1: Yeah, like any 80s power ballad like uh, synth pop, uh synth rock that you can kind of think of they kind of mix it all together
0: and it's fun it's so fun but it doesn't belong here exactly what is it doing here It belongs more
1: in like the lego movie or uh like a a more silly disney movie now don't get me wrong this movie is silly at times but it's still grounded for a movie about a girl with or a woman with ice powers in reality or the 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 Performances by Adina Menzel and uh, Kristen Bell are a lot more grounded, which is so weird because it's Kristen Bell. I, I don't know how else to say it, but their their performances are more grounded. So, but though, and then Olaf's song
0: about nihilism,
1: it, about nihilism. <laughs> well, is, no,
0: I I, I Josh, fun, I Josh.
1: But that song and then some of the other songs are one hundred percent. Almost, or not 100%, they are almost beat for beat songs for the original.
0: When Into the Unknown starts, it has the exact same chord and note structure as Do You Want to Build a Snowman. For the first five seconds, I thought it was Do You Want to Build a Snowman. It was so strange. And the rest of the song sounds nothing like Do You Want to Build a Snowman in any way. But they started out with the same notes. It feels like the entire movie is trying to build a call and response to this uh, four-note ah uh, that continues from uh, the singer Aurora. She's kind of like this voice that keeps talking to Elsa. And they weave that note structure into most of the songs to like kind of... It's supposed to be a theme. Like Family Opera has da-na-na-na-na and you can hear that in other parts of the songs. Even in the nice songs, they continue to like weave it in. It's There should be lyrical and note similarities within your musical a
1: a, a, uh, a a overture sting which i mean makes sense that's a it's a smart way to do that or you know try maybe a callback to you know broadway musicals of old but it felt like they tried too hard to show yeah we know about the music from the original yeah we're trying to but they're like they're grasping onto the past without letting go and but all <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also trying to reach for something new, but they're, they're, they're weighted by the original stuff. They I liked needed... this new
0: ethereal sort of sound they were going for at the beginning. Like, yes. yeah, but then each song sounded like it was remembering a previous song instead of just being its own thing.
1: Exactly. And that was something that the original movie or the first movie had the advantage of. We weren't trying to compare it to anything, or at least not in this sense. And in this one, we're always going to compare a solo Adina or a solo Elsa song to Let It Go. Like,
0: you can look at For the First Time in Forever and Let It Go and think that they come from the same movie. They sound like they're made by the same person with the same ideas. Even though they're two totally different singers with totally different styles, they both have that same thematic structure. But if you listen to Lost in the Woods and Show Yourself... Uh, or even Anna's song, "Do the Next Right Thing." Like none of them sound like they come from the same movie.
1: Right. It, it, there's no the only co- cohesion could be this overture sting, and that's the problem. That that's what they relied on too heavy. And to be honest, I didn't hear them in some of these other songs.
0: And the the music is all good, but I just don't think it belongs together.
1: Exactly. Um, like Christoph's I song call it is all good. I'm sorry, I would not call it all good. The first song I is almost note for note. Uh, for the first time in forever because it's beat to me it felt beat for beat uh honest talking about oh like the first movie oh things are gonna change i'm so excited and in this one oh i think i hope things stay the same oh i hope things don't change and then elsa's like oh i'm worried i'm worried i'm worried that's the exact same goddamn song
0: (laughs) we're gonna get really angry it's hard to get angry without doing spoilers so suffice to say that we like the movie but we think there's a lot uh, of so yeah so that's that's why we got into an hour- long episode that's yeah. why we're that is why we're here there's
1: there's this tribe that they meet and at one point this tribe sings um, uh, a chance song from of, the first movie no Yep.
0: Ah, uh, hey, ah, uh, hey, ah, uh, hon and hon. That's not from the first yes, movie. Where is. is it in the first movie? So, do you remember watching Frozen for the very first time? No. And the music, and it's all dark, and they're about to do uh the trail. They're about to do the words Frozen appear across the screen, and you hear this chanting, this mystic humming chanting. You're like, well, that's strange. What's this doing here? And we're like, oh, is it going to be like some sort of mystical thing? And then the next song is the Cutting Ice song. See, I only remember the
1: cutting ice. I do not remember the chanting. Yeah,
0: so that was a perfect callback to me because the tribe all sings that song, which is from the first movie. It was not used appropriately in the first movie because you start off with this chanting, this tribal sort of feel, and the rest of the movie never reflects that, which was this weird appropriation undertone that played throughout the first movie of this Nordic culture without paying tribute to how it got there.
1: This is, oh, we had this in the first movie. We should actually probably use it.
0: Yeah, I think that's when sequels do best, when they take things that are underutilized or underexplored in the first movie and expand upon them. That, to me, is a good turn. That's a good way to create a world building, to create a sequel. Instead of just giving people the same thing from before in the same context, take something that didn't make sense or we didn't have a lot of context for and expand upon it.
1: I Okay, so obviously it shows how important it was Because they didn't use it beyond the first 10 seconds. I I honestly do not remember this at all. Period. Because it doesn't get used ever again. That's, honestly, that's stupid to me. That should not have been used in the first place. Yeah, I
0: think there's a lot of things about Frozen 2 that kind of make Frozen 1 worse. A lot. And I think that's what we're going to have to... Across the spoiler territory. Now, I will say, if I hadn't just watched Frozen before going to see Frozen Two as a refresher, I know, like, wait, everyone knows what Frozen's about, but I rewatched it just in case, and that is the very first musical sting that happens in that movie. I
1: forgot that you watched it. Okay, so I was going to say that they they did this chant, this song, and I loved it. I felt like they should have done more of it or given someone else, like, uh, I don't like, oh, you get a song, you get a song, everybody gets a song. But, like, that music, it was so beautiful. And to me, not knowing much about that kind of music, well done, that it it was just, it was in there and then it was out. And they never touched on it again. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't have been cool if they you it part of, you know, one of the final songs. Like, to me, that would have been a much better way to use it, to interweave this stuff where they don't. So that's part of, that's the part of the problem with the music in this movie They've got some good songs that don't fit together. They've got some good things that happen, but they just don't fit together.
0: Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have to talk a bit more about the Northundra people when we get into the second half, because there's a lot of behind the scenes and real life stuff that happened to make this story kind of happen. And the way that the plot turns is directly referenced by that as well. So I think that's worth talking about in the second half.
1: All right. So I'll stop yelling at you and uh, we'll get into um, our. Sponsor Dome, so...
0: Two sponsors enter, one sponsor leaves.
1: You you don't do that every time.
0: I do it sometimes.
1: (laughs) Why sometimes and not all the time or none of the time? Keep them guessing. So our first sponsor today is going to be uh, actually uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, we're hitting here bashing on Disney or bashing on a Disney movie, but.
0: You all know about Disney Plus, so I think we should each talk about a show that we're really enjoying on Disney Plus and why that was worth the $7 a month, as opposed to. We all know that every Disney movie vault is in there, all the shows, all these original content. That's the thing, they're they're getting there.
1: They're trying. Um, And with every streaming service like that, or everything like that, I, I love how everyone's like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe, like. I expected things like that to happen. So, the fact that we can now use it with mostly non issues, it's pretty impressive. So, yes. Why don't you start us
0: off? Okay. Um, well, I really like the Tangled series that Aaron mentioned earlier. Uh, there are never really princess sequels for the Disney brand, but they do like to do TV shows, and I really think the Tangled TV show captures the niceness and the joy of the original movie and translates it well into this 2D slash 3D animated series. All the voice actors return, which is great. We still have Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. We, uh, the king and queen, get a a lot more character and depth and actual names, which is great. We have um, a lot of compelling storylines. We have some new characters like Cassandra, Rapunzel's best friend and handmaid. And they uh, really talk a lot about This backstory that does not exist in the original movie. And instead of it being some sort of, well, that's stupid, why are they doing that to this great story? They let the story exist as it is and then say, okay, and then after that, this started happening. And they start bringing in more of the mythology of the sundrop flower and talking about why Rapunzel is the way she is. And it kind of gives you a bit more mystery the further and further you go. We are close to the end of season two, so no spoilers, but. I've already, because I live on Instagram, already saw a bunch of cool images when the last episode got dropped revealing a whole bunch of, like, crazy stuff that's about to happen, and I really seriously can't wait for all the plot twists that are going to come.
1: Yeah. Um, the humor is very, very well done. The animation is actually really neat. It's almost Adorable. like... um Like, a kind of a thick shapes and lines.
0: It's, it's like her drawings came to life, all the paintings that she's always doing. Mm-hmm.
1: I wish it was more like that ink style that we see in the end credits. I love that style.
0: Yeah, I really do too. I don't know how you could turn that into an animated show though. So I think they had to go this way. Rolled doll. Very rolled doll. The the,
1: uh, illustrations for the rolled doll. Yep, not this
0: one. More bright and colorful, and it's a kids show, so don't go in expecting like. Except then people start, like, dying. And people start... Villains are born. And there are great songs.
1: I mean, it's a kid show. But it's still a pretty solid show. So, um, uh, when you're talking about the mythology, like, they went into the mythology of that. But not very much. Like, you didn't realize how open-ended they left that mythology until the show started expounding upon. You're like, oh, 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 oh.
0: It operates... You know, like the movie operates on fairy tale logic, like that makes sense. You, Flynn Rider spills out the entire story in the first two minutes, and it's all very fairy tale. And like, sure, there's a flower that contains the sun. Sure, it heals sick people. Okay, sure, hair, got it, whatever. Uh, but the show allows more talking about it, more expansion.
1: There are filler episodes. There are um episodes maybe aimed more towards kids, but. Those are few and far between it's i I would say it's more about building this world and um, developing relationships, so, even
0: the kitty ones still have a fun message like a really cool one early on is not everyone's going to like you, and that's okay
1: yeah that one th- that that's absolutely a filler episode, and it's still a fun filler episode so um but yeah I didn't watch any of these until disney plus and then i I think i binged the whole season uh while i was sick so i was very happy to have this uh <laughs> on uh, disney plus
0: uh Aaron, what's your cool new thing on disney plus as though i couldn't guess
1: yeah that's definitely going to be the uh reboot of ducktales and my god we watched the first two episodes when it came out uh on youtube a while back and it is so good we're not even done with the first season yet and i already love it i love the fact that it's david Tennant and scrooge mcduck i love that the main cast is all fairly recognizable people and i love that there are some sly callbacks to other properties and that there's sly callbacks to real life stuff too i'm not gonna reveal there's there's one thing that we just found out about um, recently and I'm not going to reveal it you have to watch it for yourself but there's a real life connection um with uh, some casting so that's all I'm going to say uh but I I have been enjoying it we I think we're uh episode 10 or 11 on the first season so but the animation is well done and the humor the humor is top notch so um it is definitely taking a property that wasn't like bad by any means but like was definitely dated um when you go back and watch it and you're like oh holy shit they made this so cool uh and especially like when because we watched the 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 two-part premiere if you will it's two parts but not really two parts it's just the first two episodes uh you're like you're you're instantly hooked because they they do reveal a very deep sea or deep mystery Uh, at that
0: point which you didn't even think about mysterizing about until they tell you and you're like wait a minute yeah what happened yeah you're
1: like yeah wait a minute wait a
0: minute (laughs) wait a
1: minute so (laughs) and there's of course so many other great shows um there's another one i would like to suggest called amphibian or sorry amphibia um that i watched as well but liz didn't get to watch that with me so
0: we've also watched the first episode of the mandalorian for those of you who are like why don't you talk about the mandalorian we watched first episode it's good. Yeah. We're not caught up yet. Yeah. We,
1: we've <laughs> and that's the that. First, we've watched the first episode. Uh, we've not w- seen much more of uh, Baby Yoda so, or the baby <laughs> of the Yoda species. So. It's
0: been called. We can officially. They, they finally did give him a name, but he can. You are allowed to call him Baby Yoda.
1: Cool. I. Uh, yeah. We. we've. Yeah. We're, we're only one episode of three. So. <laughs> so that's something we need to ca- get caught up on. So our other sponsor, as always, is Audible. Audible is offering our listeners our free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash marriedtotheidea to get started. Um, remember, that is T-O, not the number two. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers and broadcasters, and also entertainers. Our selection for you today is, uh, we're going to go a little uh, simple Anya. We're going to recommend the Frozen Storybook Collection from the Disney Book Group.
0: They like to make a uh, lots of cute uh, compilation stories that's kind of where the Disney princess is really sore. If you look at the marketing for them, they have the dresses and stuff. But if you go into a bookstore, they always have tons of new stories about different uh, characters from the disney catalog usually are princesses doing things taking on adventures usually learning some moral lesson along the way uh, i do like the illustration work that they do for frozen when they have to do it 2d it has the same sort of vibe as the tangled animated series that same yeah. sort of thick drawn uh edgy line work
1: yeah the um the little blurb is the frozen storybook collection is a must-have for any frozen fan <laughs> join elsa anna olaf and friends for adventure mystery and fairy tale fun and 27 exciting stories including nine audiobook exclusive bonus stories
0: see if you have the book you haven't seen all the stories yet and this is for your child who absolutely cannot get enough frozen
1: exactly um and it clocks in just about uh just under three hours so it'd be good for like a car trip
0: listen to a story a night mm-hmm. that kind of thing oh
1: yeah that too um, and you can get that free if you go to audibletrial.com/ Mary to the idea.
0: Aaron, a real quick thing before we pull away from our sponsor done. We are looking at the books here available on Audible and you are right. They have a collection of Princess stories in which Rapunzel is wearing shoes. Do you know who Rapunzel is? She there, don't wear shoes. There, there, there's,
1: there's a whole subplot in one of the episodes where Rapunzel wears shoes and it, it cray yo. Yeah,
0: she don't wear shoes, guys. That's yeah. the thing.
1: What what illustrator? Like <laughs> it, it's, it's on the cover, and she's front and center, like
0: wearing shoes.
1: She is wearing not even
0: shoes that match her outfit. Those are Belle's shoes. What is she doing? Yeah, those are wearing cool. sensible ballet flats. She'd be wearing boots. She's going adventuring. Come on, guys, get it together.
1: Get it together. So that's
0: worth complaining about. I'm glad we stopped <laughs> to talk about that.
1: Remember that the audibletrial.com/slash/marriage-to-the-idea. the
0: <laughs> right. We're getting into spoiler town. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I wanted to release this right after the movie came out, but we waited a week, so we now have carte blanche to spoil this movie. Spoiler! Yeah, so Olaf dies, and that's freaking sad. Olaf got... Snapped.
1: Snapped. Blipped. He got fucking blipped.
0: He starts fading away, flurrying before our eyes, and I'm just, like, imagining all the kids in the theater...
1: I don't want to go.
0: I don't feel so good. Like just yeah. ah um. The to be fair though, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Olaf is a great character in this. He gets a little grating in the first movie. In this one, I really dig it because the way they go with oh, this sentient snow creature has been alive for at least a year now. How has he changed? Is he grows mature by which he starts to constantly question the existence of reality and has a very nihilistic He's approach. Something
1: that got literally just pulled out of thin air and made. So he's kind of like, "Why do I even exist?" So that is kind of fun. It's a little Mister Meeseeks for me, like. Now see, I've not things seen. Things are starting to get kind of weird. And it it kind of was a little Mister Meeseeks for me, but I, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that he didn't imp- deliver the best scene in the whole goddamn movie.
0: Very best scene in the entire movie. I don't think I'm gonna spoil that. I know it's spoiler territory. Like yeah, that's yeah, fabulous. Yeah, no, no, we're not.
1: No, no, we're we're that it. Well, no, at this point, everyone should have watched it.
0: Okay, so uh, halfway through, they meet the Northundra people and the soldiers who've been trapped inside this enchanted forest. And they're looking at Elsa with her magic powers like, who are you? And he's like, oh, let me tell you how we got here. And he literally recreates the entire first movie just through audio and moving around the screen in the perfect recapping of a Disney film. He captures perfectly every toddler who's ever tried to tell about their favorite movie. Here's what happens now.
1: I'm not, was like I was about to ask. You, why are you re-cre- why are you retelling the entire scene to people who've already watched it? Aaron?
0: I know it's just yeah you point i feel threatened i feel targeted you're talking to me now and there is an after credit scene in which he recounts the entirety of frozen 2 so if you want (laughs) to stay behind and watch him do that as well
1: yeah that
0: was fun just the the, josh gad has some wonderful delivery in this and the animation is superb because the kids were having a freaking ball Olaf gets separated in the forest and he's walking around and every once in a while something weird will happen and like his entire body will turn in this fabulous way where he just like huh That that absolutely happened and there's nothing weird about that
1: i can't wait to be a little bit older and to look back on that and say huh that was a thing and i shouldn't have been scared of it
0: yeah and the entire song that he sings is about when i'm older this will all make sense and i felt personally targeted as an adult in that audience us all looking at each other like wait children you don't know
1: that was the problem with the song is it was when it's summer that was when it was summer that's that that was the problem with the song it sounded like when it was summer. I, I, Why can they not write something else for this poor person? Oh, uh, why
0: can they not escape Frozen?
1: God, that was the problem with this the whole fucking movie. Okay, they couldn't escape the first Goddamn movie, except for when they didn't, and they ignored the movie.
0: Let's talk about the Northundra people and the plot of this movie. Uh, first off, Disney has mean
1: revisionist history and whitewashing.
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh. Disney actually was in talks with indigenous northern tribes to make sure that they respectfully depicted them because they are a major part of this story arc. Major part? Major part. Um, The whole premise behind this is that the Northundra people live in this forest and this dam was built by the people of...
1: Arendelle? God, I
0: was going to say Andalasia, and that's not correct. Uh, By the people of Arendelle to... Uh, supposedly help them it was a gift of peace but then war broke out and they started fighting so all of a sudden Elsa finds out that their grandfather was a freaking racist who didn't like people using magic because he's the king and people with magic think they can't follow the rules of a king so build the dam keep all the magic away and kill them all right there as they partied and I'm like oh we're going here very good because yeah, that happens a lot of freaking time. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. Oh boy, there's only one time in American history that refugees have actually come in and taken over a land and turned it to theirs will, and we're gonna be celebrating it this week. So, woo hoo,
1: So, uh, yeah, that's you no. Know, you know what? No, no. I'll I'll bring up my part with that whole scene later. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll let you keep going on that because that's that there's. That when I talk about my thing, that's going to derail your point for this.
0: So. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we also have real change having to come across because of that. They literally break the dam knowing that it will destroy Arendelle because they have to this is the right thing to do even if it's going to hurt this is the right thing to do to atone for that and to do the right thing in the future and they do that knowing full well it's going to happen now do i wish the town had actually been buried underwater yes i do or at least some
1: sort of damage there had to be
0: something and how far away is this forest for the water to reach there just in minutes and flood the fjord like yeah again weird things like that um, but at least they they made reparations. At least they taught that you have to change things even though it's been forever ago. It's all important and relevant towards today. On the other hand, they try to suggest that this white family, this white family... Super white. Uh, No, the girls have heritage because their mother was a member of the Northundra people except they never showed any sort of anything to suggest that she wasn't white
1: <laughs> well, well, it's uh, reparations and appropriations yeah
0: like it felt like all that at the same time like i'm glad that they made it seem that these girls are the bridge because they have northundra blood in their veins that they're part of this tribe that's cool not so cool is the fact that the first movie doesn't ever allude to that and makes them just look like arendellians they never their mother that all the tribes people have a eskimo design Darker skin, darker hair, darker eyes, and also, their, their mother doesn't have that.
1: Also, if her mother grew up with magic, literally every goddamn day until you know she was in her early teens, why the fuck was she so scared of magic and her own goddamn daughter?
0: Second movie tries to retcon the first movie. The parents are reprehensible in the first movie, and then they go off and die. Not important. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, second movie does a really good job having the first scene be all about them telling their daughters about this. Pass their mother singing Elsa this song and suddenly we get to the point in the movie where we realize that her parents when they sailed off they weren't going to just any old place they were going to discover the source of Elsa's powers and how to help her and died in pursuit of that even
1: though they were going for Flynn and Rapunzel's (laughs) wedding even though that was canon uh, maybe they did that and uh, then
0: went up north some more that's (laughs) true we don't
1: know if it was on their way back from the wedding, or if it was to the wedding. So we, that is true. I, our, will, I will say that. If
0: we were following our Disney headcanon, they would have revealed that the Rock Trolls are the ultimate villains, that Hans had been brainwashed, and oh, boy, fucking, okay, I would have loved that movie. The Rock
1: Trolls are the new goddamn Lotso Hugs for me, or, or in the same category as To
0: be clear, the movies never indicate in any way that the Rock Trolls are villains in they any way.
1: They fucking are. Aaron no. and
0: I have watched enough Deep State... <laughs> conspiracy theories to think that yeah the rock trolls did a really crappy job if the if this was their true intentions as stated in the film they did a really bad job of it you will
1: be uh, you will be destroyed by fear so allow me to scare you <laughs> afraid
0: <laughs> like and then hey let's send the two reigning powers away from the kingdom to go deal with this problem that might kill
1: them and then you know what Bread, Papi Troll will be in charge of everything! Aaron ours.
0: Whether you think the Trolls are secretly Evil or just annoying, they are a very small part oh, in this are, film. They
1: are... Bits. The, they are the worst part of Frozen.
0: Bits and they are gone.
1: Yeah. They are the worst part of Frozen. Um, and
0: so, okay. I know you have a point, another bad point. I want to say some good things about the movie. Because there are some good things about this movie. Before we get too negative and down a dark and winding path that we cannot follow or we will drown. Um, I uh, really... I really, really like the music. Again, it doesn't collect together, but I really love Into the Unknown. I love that Elsa has finally everything that she ever thought she would want, but she wants something more. She feels an emptiness in her life, and she doesn't blame the people around her for that. She realizes she has to go figure out what her purpose is. She
1: feels like she has everything that she would have ever wanted, but she realizes it wasn't. And, and, I, and I can understand that. And it's her family... Not a, it's sub- not a,
0: and her sister supports her. Her sister, her beautiful s- structure, follows her. And even when she's scared for her and even when they're fighting, they both care about each other. The whole crux of this is that Anna is always following Elsa. And she never feels bad about it, but she always wants to do things with Elsa. Even though Elsa is terrified that Anna's going to get hurt because she doesn't have magic powers. And there's something really beautiful about this sister connection that I really enjoy. And I really like that they both have different paths they follow and that it's Anna ultimately who saves the day just through her own like just persistence and determination until Elsa rides back in on a magic water horse as an ex machina to save their town. Like and that was not no one knew that was going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's something really great about Into the Unknown. There's something really awesome about Elsa getting to sing a duet With her mother realizing the thing that she's been searching for all along is her and she has everything she needs and there's this beautiful water has memory motif going on throughout the entire thing about how you can remember things because the water remembers it and you get to see the past that way and then Anna having just had Olaf die in her arms which means Elsa is dead somewhere far away sings a song about depression And it is the most true thing I have ever heard in my entire life.
1: That is probably the best song in the whole movie. I would absolutely agree with that. And that's the one that's probably the best woven into the story. The problem is, that's the only one. The other songs aren't as woven. I'll I'll say Into the Unknown and Reveal Yourself are but they're not at the same time they're they're not as strong as um do the next right thing
0: do the next right thing isn't a pop song in disguise exactly it's a musical number exactly character sings feelings has to happen um it's it's incredible because the whole crux of the song and of anna's path is that i was i was moving forward because you were ahead of me and now that you're gone I can't move. I am succumbing. I am falling. There is nothing I can do. All I have is this very small voice inside that says, just do the next right thing. I can't look too far ahead. I can't even pretend that I'm going to survive beyond this emotionally, physically, whatever. But I can make this one choice right here to do the next right thing.
1: Yeah. it's And that was one of the strongest things for this movie is that the characters themselves, the acting from Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel, is incredibly strong. But there's a lot of weakness that they have to make up for. It's like when you have a really, really good quarterback, but a terrible offensive line.
0: They weaken on a storyline, I think, with Kristoff's many attempted marriage proposals. One, do not uh, attempt to propose marriage on the middle of a dangerous quest that's just not the time to do it secondly by never addressing that what she did with Hans was too fast by never addressing the problem of falling in love with someone you just met and thinking you're going to marry them without ever saying perhaps that was the reason that she didn't want to marry Christoph right away perhaps she was afraid of marriage now because she did love someone with all her heart and they betrayed her that's never ever a character study that they delve yeah. into with her
1: so are are we allowed to talk about like the bad stuff now? Yeah. Okay. Why the fuck was that a thing? Why was Kristoff trying to propose to Anna? A I thing? don't know. Or like trying and failing. And then why the fuck was Anna constantly interrupting Kristoff? A thing. Now, if it was like a whole thing where like how her and Hans finished each other's sandwiches, like if it, if it was a callback to that. It was a very, very, very bad callback because it was awful. It was annoying as shit. It was awful. I hated it. I hated every goddamn second of it. And then Kristoff trying his hardest to support... Anna and he did. He wasn't like the long-suffering boyfriend. No, he was not. He was there. He was supportive. He was helpful. When he
0: got her away from the rock trolls, the the rock biters, he said, "What do you need me to do? Where? What do you? Where do we
1: need to go?" And she's what need to do go to you camp. need? And yeah. he never
0: tries to stop her. He never tries to do it for her. He's like, "What do you need? I'll get you there." Yeah, that's what you need. I'm going to do that for you.
1: Yeah, like and he helps uh, Sven get the reindeer. It's not like oh, I'm the man, so I must help. He's like, no, I know where I need to help or uh, tell me where I need to go and I'll go. It's it's not like I'm the man, so I have to help in these areas. It's, it, it, it's, it's good that it's not a toxic masculinity, but it's still a stupid character choice. The multiple
0: marriage proposals really wreck his character in a way that I'm not comfortable with.
1: He's, he, like, in the first movie, he was this independent dude who literally was out in snowstorms and slept in barns because he didn't care. Now, I'm not saying, oh, the guy, because he's with a woman now, or the, with Anna now, that he's lost all his character or his personality. He still has the same personality. But it's like, it's it's a hugely drastic change. People change when they get into relationships. I have changed after we got into our relationship. But I changed for the better. He turned into this, like weird simpering guy almost in a way. I, I... You know what? I'm getting into a weird path with that. I... Sticking with just the story choices, I do not like the multiple things because, like you said, it does not address the whole point of uh, Hans proposing way too early and her agreeing to marry because that doesn't address her at all. It only addresses Hans... or, am uh, sorry, Kristoff. So it's almost like We have to make Kristoff important to the movie somehow, or we have to actually give him scenes. Well, you're going to be trying to propose to Anna. Here you go. Like, that's almost as bad of a turn as it was
0: with Hans. It would have been more interesting for it to be a reflection of Anna's character because the whole crux of Anna's mission in this one is to help her sister help her sister that's important whereas in the first one she kind of got derailed by that by wanting to marry Hans she kind of wanted her own thing and Elsa wouldn't let her have her own thing but that never stopped her from going to help Um, I will say in this one loving Kristoff doesn't stop her from helping Elsa when she needs it
1: yeah, and Kristoff and never ever tries to stop her, you know, like, I don't know if this is a good idea to go. In fact, like, at the scene, like, when they're saying, oh, well, we gotta go, well, okay, I'm going with you, and I'm going, and I'm going, and it's never, like, one of those awkward scenes. But it's so, the whole sub subplot of him trying to propose is so awkward. It's very
0: and 90s. Only... It's not very yeah. contemporary. It's
1: Bernard and fucking um, what's-her-face from Rescuers Down Under.
0: See, here's an interesting thing that just happened in the Tangle series. So we know from the Tangle movies that Flynn kept asking and asking and asking Rapunzel to marry him. and he, he has a big joke about it. But it's implied they didn't get married right after they got together. Right. So in the series, they're not married yet either. So we have uh, Flynn uh, getting ready to propose to Rapunzel. Like, oh, we're going to Romantic City this is gonna be great I'm gonna propose to her here and she walks in on him as he's practicing and they have to like figure out oh like wait now what now who now and it wraps it all up within this you know half an hour episode and I think tackles it in a much better way because she was really left inside a tower and didn't want to and he thinks that she would not want to be tied down right now when she's finally free but he still wants to be there for her and now she thinks well maybe I actually do want to marry him but I'm not sure why where I am in my own life if we had dealt with it in that way, if Anna had known the entire time that Kristoff was trying to propose to her and was trying to, like, keep him at a distance because she wasn't sure where she was with him right now and she really just needed to focus on the mission, maybe that would have been a way that they had both known already. Like, if he had proposed right at the beginning and then they got interrupted because all the elements went crazy and the fire went everywhere and they all got out yeah, of town like why, and then he just didn't say it, it happened, again. In
1: the middle of that whole thing where they're like, like, the fire goes out and, and like, he's like, uh well i was expecting you know something crazy to happen tonight but not like this and know? he
0: yeah you know, he proposes everything goes wrong and then the entire rest of the story is they know the proposal is out there and it hasn't been answered and he's not pushing because they're on this really serious mission and she's not saying anything because she's just trying to focus on this that would have been interesting and he could have dynamics been
1: like, um hey do you want to talk about it and you know she's like uh, and, and, you know, you could have had those awkward scenes. If you really wanted to inject awkwardness or character <laughs> development, that's a way to do it. But not this. Oh, it's so awful. <laughs> God, it's. Oh. It's honestly it's one of my least favorite parts of the whole movie was that was the him trying to propose that that was personally that hurt me a lot. The other thing that I didn't... I like the least. Um, so that's number two for me of liking the least in this movie. What I liked the least for this entire movie was the writers, Disney, directors, whoever, don't fucking care at this point, pulling their punches.
0: Explain, Aaron.
1: There are so many instances in this whole movie where they pulled their punches. Things that could have been much bigger or could have had more weight were given like the little like snap treatment or like little wink and nods. Like um specifically, I uh, the the reveal of uh the twist, if you will, um how um and this might lead into a little bit more of a discussion, but I definitely wanna say my, my whole thing with pulling punches how uh, their grandfather is the one who started the war that's in especially with what he says what that character says if they have magic then they'll think that they can defy a king elsa is the one that discovers this and she has a line that says no that's the fear talking that's a huge ass moment and that happens in like a second that's not like She's not walking through and she she hears it and she just stops and is like, wait, no, that's just the fear talking and I can prove them different. I can prove them wrong. It's not an empowering moment. It's just, oh no, he's just, that's just the fear talking. No, God damn it. It's not, it is the fear talking. But that should have been a much bigger-ass moment. It felt like they rushed it in there. They threw it in there. Or they pulled their punch because they didn't want to upset the kitties and the families. This
0: movie does have a pacing problem. It takes forever for the crux, the problem, to get going. And when it does get going, the journey gets... Uh, underway and taken in over like two minutes and now we're here already and then the pacing slows down again when we yeah. get with the tribe and All then the again it, it... every
1: time the elements get introduced it takes too it takes too long for the elements to introduce and then it's like then it's over in a snap it's yeah there is a serious pacing problem in this entire movie and part of in in because of that a lot of things don't aren't given the weight that they are needed and like the scene on the black pebbles uh, the black pebble beach and i remember watching that with you Liz, the first time and there's there's wait there is there's like i'm glued to this screen i why is she trying to go into this ocean she's pumping herself up to go into this why why fucking why i want to know and then the reason isn't like bad but the weight isn't there as much it's like Every time you think something's gonna have this big grand weight, it's not. Every time you think like, oh, she talks about Hans, it's a stupid little joke. Every time they, th- it's uh, th- they're talking about a proposal, it's a stupid ass joke. The songs have weight behind them, but they don't have the right kind of weight. They're pull- and even still, the songs themselves are pulling punches. They're not have the same impact as let it go. Let it go is a huge song. It's a pop song disguised as a Broadway musical song, but it's still a big Broadway song. It's defying gravity. You and I talked about this. It's as close to defying gravity as someone else has gotten to this at this point that we know of. Someone else might uh you know, my Broadway f- uh fan friends might completely disagree with me and that's absolutely fine. But these songs like into the unknown and reveal yourself are closer to like anna songs like first time in forever where they're good songs but they don't have that impact they they come close but they don't make that match they don't they pull their punches anna or excuse me anna's song is the one that comes the closest. I would say that is the strongest damn song because of how it's sung, because of the emotional weight, because of how it's shot. But even still how it's shot is not done really that well either. But I'll forgive it a little bit. It's it, there's 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 so many opportunities that are wasted with this movie. The biggest one that threw me for a loop and pissed me off is the opportunity... Because they have this this movie where they are world building. They have this northern tribe. They have this other area that they go and explore.
0: These that, elemental that, creatures.
1: Yes. They ask, oh, other people use magic like Elsa? No, they just take advantage of these elemental creatures. Why the actual fuck would they do? And, and you are literally saying to yourselves that no... Only the rock trolls and these elemental creatures and Elsa currently are the ones that use magic. You're writing yourselves into a goddamn corner. Or saying that this dad doesn't know anything, which which is also true.
0: I think at this point, we went into this not even thinking about the possibility that there's going to be a third movie. But now that it's been, now that the idea has floated past me, I can't ignore it. Yeah. It's going to happen. There is going to be a third movie. Because this movie doesn't feel like a... It feels like the problem was addressed, but it doesn't feel like a complete whole of a story. It feels like we've now set up both of the women as queens of their own domain. But that's not really what the movie was looking for. The movie, the movie's crux, the, the plot point that needed to get fixed is Elsa feels like something is calling her and Anna wants to help her. But it you was know, never that... I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: You know what this you know what this overall story was? What? It was like a, a children's show 30-minute episode that got stretched into a 2-hour long movie. It wasn't a true conflict.
0: There were yeah, that's that leads into my uh, problem, not my problem, Disney's problem. They got a villain problem. It's been a really long time since we've had a good Disney villain. And I'm not saying that the Disney villain is essential to the story. Inside Out doesn't have a villain. No. Uh, most Pixar films do not have a villain. But the Disney pantheon is known for creating wonderful antagonists. Hans, even if With whichever theory you believe, whether he really did just not love Anna and wanted to take the kingdom or whether he was brainwashed brainwashed by magic trolls, he's not a compelling villain because his actions don't ever reflect that until the turn. He's made to twist the audience. He's not made to be a compelling character all on his own. Now we have their grandfather who struck down this tribe and caused this problem to appear. That's a past event. There's no person to fight against to create this urgency of, hey, we have to fix this thing. They even say it like, if the problem was, we can't let the dam break because everyone is in Arendelle. But they even, like, waved away with a hand, like, oh, everyone already left the town, so it's okay. It's kind of like saying, it's okay, Metropolis got evacuated before Superman had his fight, so it's okay. No one's actually going to get hurt in this one. Like, and not just a little too perfect? Doesn't it just make it a little too easy? then? If your hero literally only has to just destroy a town with no one in it, does it... I feel a little bit easier of a choice to make exactly
1: it's one it's and i'm not trying to call out my little pony like the new show because i've heard the new show actually deals with some deeper things but it's like like it's one of those shows where everything gets wrapped up nicely in a bow in 30 minutes or even an hour but like it's it's one of those things where things happen but then things don't happen it it they pull their punches they don't
0: I mean We're getting there. We're getting to the point because we weren't this angry when we started. The movie overall left me feeling like good when we walked out. Like I liked parts of that and I liked some of that and I liked some of this. But overall it, it's not it's not Beauty and the Beast live action rage boners yet. Oh, but no. it definitely doesn't have a cohesiveness that it should.
1: The first one had I, I I want, I want to say like even the first one
0: has a deep like it has a detour like it definitely goes out of its way with the rock trolls which are the worst part of it but uh, we we introduced the chicken clock even without the a- addition of a villain we have a chicken clock with Anna's heart literally getting frozen and turned to ice and, and her, whole, her making a kingdom, sacrifice and the whole kingdom
1: yeah. about to get frozen over too so yep. there was,
0: everything's tied together Yeah
1: th- that works well this one is...
0: It felt more like, yes, it's important that we write this wrong, but we don't have to write this wrong right now. The only reason we have to write this wrong, even then we don't even know that is because if we do, we can free Elsa, but we have no idea that's what's going to happen. We have no idea that fixing things will bring Elsa back. All we know is that I have to do the next right thing. I have to do the right thing. And it is the right thing, but there's no ticking clock or urgency to have it done right this very second.
1: Yeah, that that was a weird thing because, um, well, no, there was a reason why she had to do it right.
0: Well, the elements are like getting out of control, and everything's kind of like spiraling out. But it doesn't. It was
1: to release the um the tribe. That's what yes, was. but
0: it's yeah. So it, you saw how before it was the kingdom getting frozen and Anna getting frozen. Both their fates are intertwined. Right. And In this one, Anna doesn't have a fate intertwined with the fate of those around her. If they both were working towards well, she something, she can't
1: get out. She can't get out of the the enchanted forest until she releases the spirits. Yeah. But it, it's it. it, it it's, it's all it's, much. It's not as good of a reason. I'm 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 agreeing with you on that. But it's not as good of a reason. Mm-hmm. But the problem. Is, It's not as well written. And that's the problem, is is number one is not that good of a story either. It neither of them are good, strong stories.
0: I wanna talk a little bit about the idea that now that we have a tribe involved, that all of a sudden the entire story gets much more nature based, elemental, mystical. And I feel that happens every time a native tribe gets introduced, it suddenly has to do with spirits. It has to do with nature. And I just feel that's a stereotype. And I don't know how else to break that down in a way that is a helpful conversation. But I feel like it's something that I see with, oh, we have a, a mystic tribe. Oh, I, I guess there's spirits now that control the elements. Like, what?
1: Yeah. Why Why couldn't it be like they use a part of each element. So they use the the leaves, that, if- which literally work with the wind. That ha- what if they were magic the crafters?
0: What if they had like crafted spells? What if they, yeah. you know, just maybe a little different as opposed to just we live here and magic is just around us?
1: So, and what was, um, uh, now I will give them, I will give them credit and then I'll take that credit right back, um, with this. I did like that the spirits weren't all anthropomorphic things. Yeah. Um, well, they were, but they weren't like, Two of them were animals. One of them was, like, this beast. And then one didn't have a an actual form. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. But at the same time, your fire spirit was a goddamn gecko. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. You just wanted another goddamn Pascal.
0: Yeah, we didn't really talk about how imagery... Again, how the characters don't seem to fit inside their environment. We have these this water horse that is terrifying water horse. yeah terrifying and elemental and cool and dispassionate and then like becoming like uh, a carrier for elsa she goes across the water like she tames it which is cool it's rad but it doesn't at all compare towards these uh rock biters which don't at all compare to this little fire chameleon and like again if this lord of the rings epic fantasy quest had been brought forward this settlement would have been like this long snake-like thing with like maybe like a, a dragon sort of vibe as yeah, opposed to a little are, purple pascal there
1: are other lizards out there than pascal the, 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 then Pascal or this little i mean don't get me wrong he's cute
0: he's but, so cute
1: but it doesn't have to be another goddamn pascal pascal worked because it was a chameleon and it, and, it, and it was just odd enough that it worked
0: yeah elsa jives so much more with this horse i wish this chameleon had a bit more of that uh, Crazy vibe, but more of that dangerous, deadly vibe. I feel like would have been cooler. And
1: see, like there's, there's a couple things that the the, the filmmakers again pulled their punches on. Um, a big thing was that there's a fan theory that Anna and Elsa's parents didn't drown, but they wash up on the shores of Africa, where they had a son who would become Tarzan. Tarzan. Yeah, that's lots of theories. Yeah. Well, th- they had to dispel that, and it's like there was no reason for that scene. What scene? Um, To show the boat getting washed up on the northern shores and crashing and that they uh, actually were looking for the source of Elsa's powers and there was no fucking reason I think it
0: was incredibly important Aaron like so before Elsa's been concerned about Anna's safety but she still lets Anna come with her because she's still her family and she and they do this together and it's been important that they do things together but when she sees that her parents loved her enough to uh go to their deaths trying to figure out a way to help her that's what causes her to push Anna away. Like, I can't have anyone else dying for me. And they even do a good job of saying it's not your fault. And she's like, I know it's not my fault, but it did still happen. I know I didn't make them go on this dangerous journey, but they still did it because of who I am, and that's what causes her to send Anna away. So I think it's incredibly important.
1: Um, I guess if you put it that way, but it's just It's for character it feels, development. It's, it-
0: Eh. Aaron, I think we really wanted this movie to just be every one of our fan theories thrown up on a screen. I would have loved I, I, it if they had, like, turned out, oh, no, the rock shows are the evil ones and Hans was actually duped and Kristoff actually loves Elsa. Like, I love all the fan theories that came out after Frozen. Like, wait a minute. That yeah. and that and that. But, but the movie then, was never another, going to be that. The
1: thing was is that when uh, an image came up of Elsa talking to another woman that, oh, Elsa's actually gay and all this and all that. Guys, I
0: Elsa is the avatar. She does not have time for romantic relationships.
1: <laughs> so, I, I that w- that's probably the biggest um, or the best way I can describe this movie is uh, pulling punches. Is that they don't try? Or they, it's not that they don't try. It's that they don't put as much weight behind things, and I, that's super disappointing to me. Like there are some really good things, like like we're like we're saying with Anna Song and and. Olaf's character and some of these scenes is like there are some really good things about this movie, but it has to drag around this huge anchor with it. It's- That's it.
0: That's that you, you hit it right on the head, Aaron. There's a bunch of great stuff in here, but it's getting weighed down yeah. and, um and there, okay, we can, we can talk just like a little bit about that. Like what we would do to fix it. I think removing things like this, um, will they, won't they aspect of Kristoff and Anna's relationship? I don't find will they, won't they relationships, really compelling. If both characters are on the same page, then that's the important part. Like, how do they weather things together? That's more interesting than, oh, will they ever get back together again? That's not really interesting to me.
1: When it's done, right, is okay. Like, the Jim and Pam... Was done okay for the longest time, and then they finally got together, and it was adorable, and it was cute. And then when they were finally together, then they were like, "Oh no, we gotta have more drama." So maybe they'll actually get back. and They won't be together for yeah. I long. think that was when it got stupid. But
0: characters tend to, they tend to have a hard time showing accurate marriage drama in a believable way.
1: Yeah that that's infuriating. So why couldn't Anna and Kristoff have been married for this? There is no reason except. For them trying to show, oh, Kristoff is trying to propose. There is no reason that they can. Or
0: what if right. she's trying to go help Elsa and she feels bad all the time that she's just dragging Kristoff along and thinks that she's being unfair to him in this. And then in the end, she's like, I don't even know why you're still here. And he says, my love isn't fragile. I know that you love your sister. I love that you love your sister. I love you. I'm here to help you. And, and also too. Yeah, so it'd be like a great breakdown of like people thinking, Oh, I can't do the things that I want to do. It's like, no, people will be there and support you. That's like the dialogue in this is really fabulous whenever it's the two sisters talking because they always talk in a real and believable way about the things that they're experiencing and how yeah. one cares so much about the other that they don't want them to get hurt, even though Likely it'll be her that gets hurt because she doesn't have powers. It's it's so remarkably believable. And, and no, that,
1: and that's the biggest disappointment of this whole movie.
0: In the first one, they always talked around each other. Mm-hmm. And in the second one, they talked to each other.
1: Yeah. The biggest disappointment of this movie is that Anna doesn't get powers.
0: No, nope, that's not relevant to the discussion. It's very important that Anna doesn't have powers.
1: I disagree, but I I, I mean, I'm not
0: it, it if doesn't you, ruin the
1: movie it's just a disappointment let us
0: walk out of nowhere i was not playing this let us turn sharply into feminism corner because it is extremely important that anna does not get powers i understand that it seems unfair that only one kid gets powers and one kid does not uh they explain it by being it's the bridge one Uh, human one magic
1: that is so fucking tacked on but that's not
0: the point the point is is that so
1: goddamn tacked
0: on the point is that even without powers Anna perseveres and creates actual physical change in the world it's like saying oh i can't fly so i I can't do anything in, in
1: only this movie really i mean like she's she's a nice and personable person but in the first movie she wasn't person who was like trying to help she was just there and it's not her fault i mean i'm not it's that's just unfortunately the position she was in in this movie she does start to do that be her own
0: person because
1: she's allowed to be her own person in this movie or rather the queen or everyone else allows her to actually do that so you want to be all about feminism she's not allowed to be anything else but now she movie, does. Eh, to an extent. It, like, when she she's allowed to go on this mission and she's allowed to do this. She's not
0: allowed. She says, I'm going. There's never any doubt that she's going or not. In the first movie, she says, I'm leaving to go find Anna. I'm, I am. I am.
1: Oh, yeah, no,
0: you've got yeah she has complete agency in the first one, too. It's how she chooses to use her agency that I think perhaps draws with the crux of this one, which is I'm here to help Elsa. Eventually, she has well, to she help herself. Yeah, so eventually she has to help herself. Even when no one else is around, I, I have to be enough for me. I have to make it on my own. Even when nothing else matters and it's all dead, I have to do it. I have to move on.
1: <sighs> I...
0: It's very important that she is her own character and that regardless of whether she has powers or not, she is an important and contributing character.
1: I thought that um, the other four of them were going to like somehow channel the powers for a little bit. The other four elements. I thought that would have been really cool.
0: I was thinking about that. I was trying to think, you know, Elsa has ice powers um, and all these other things have a power.
1: Yeah. Oh, that frustrates the shit i me. Mean. how does ice connect the four mm,
0: yeah mm, mm. they oh. yeah the messages are all good but they're not fit into the correct story arc i like it if she had learned it wasn't just ice if
1: there were other magic users and she happened to be the strongest user of them all then that would make sense and because her power is ice, which is a mixture of water and air, then yes, that would make sense. But no, because it's just fucking ice. It doesn't make any goddamn sense.
0: Unless we get to some place and there's a, a storm person, there's a storm lord that she has to go defeat with her what, powers of nature. That's the
1: problem with when you when you deal with elements like this. Avatar does it the goddamn best because they can still mix the element uses element usages together where you have people who can wield lightning but it takes practice and you can have people who use swamp areas but that's because they're waterbenders they use the water and the vines and shit like that
0: i like the the idea better like the idea that the song uh, show yourself poses is that elsa doesn't need someone else which is the same thing with anna too that they're both discovering their own power and their own person she thinks she's following a voice But it's just been her all along. She was enough. She... Is the person that she's been waiting for. And there's a great power in that because she's her own queen. But the story does not reflect that. Exactly. It's the, the song is saying one thing, the story is saying another thing. And it's so strange for that to happen because I really like this idea that Elsa's like perhaps even like this time traveler, she can touch water and feel the memories See, that when exist. They, when
1: they first got into the chanted forest and they saw everybody, I thought they went back into time. I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting twist.
0: Yeah, like it was it was trapped in Time, yeah, that very would have been, that, would have been that was really very cool. adventure zone of you. I like that, yeah. I was like,
1: Oh, it's like again, pulling their punches. There's a lot like, of
0: ideas set up. If it's truly it's just a second in a th- trilogy, if they're the, bidding a lot I of things see set where up,
1: they are gonna go because they've not set up that other people can use magic, they've not set up anything else, they've not set up warring kingdoms, they've not set up anything else. Where the fuck are they going to go? They didn't set anything up in the first movie for a second movie. And I thought with this, like, maybe that they're going to go and explore and do this and do that. No, all they've done is made Anna a queen and made Elsa a queen as well and rooted them to their spots. That's it. They've not done anything else. No. This movie is garbage. Hi, I hate it. Thanks.
0: Aaron.
1: I'm I'm sorry. It's It's garbage in in the ways that they think it's a good movie as is, and it's not. It needed some heavy editing.
0: Yeah, I think the movie, we can't say it's... Or the story, sorry. Yeah, we can't say the movie's garbo because there are a lot of good parts that would be great. I, I don't think it's fair to let the bad parts drag this entire movie down. I think restructuring this movie like that's the thing if you can restructure a movie and make it great that means there's a good movie inside there if no amount of restructuring know, saves if you it
1: can restructure this into, uh, if you can take the movie as is and only change around a few pieces and it, it's going to work if you it's want this to end rummy cube where you're changing around the whole board and adding a few just things. to get one piece in exactly so that's
0: the question is is was the end result to get them both as queens was that the point yeah, of the movie?
1: Exactly. Is and that the why? point?
0: Was the point, of, was the point of the movie for them each to recognize their own individual power so they could both be queens separate? Because it seems like the movie is trying to suggest, again, through the story arc, that they don't need each other and they don't need to be together. But it seems so strange because oh. they're the only family each other has. What, why would why they do why? that? Yeah, like... I get they're supposed to be empowered. I suppose that they're supposed to be able to do things on their own, and they still talk to each other. But it seems a strange message to convey.
1: It feels like the message that they're trying to convey is coming soon. Queen Anna, Barbies. Like, That's what it feels like.
0: Like what if uh, Elsa had stayed frozen at the bottom of this river? And yes, that's where
1: I thought they were going, and that she was gonna have to go and find her. So Anna
0: breaks the dam, and like she's crying at the end of this, and she's like, "I did the right thing, but you know, like I have to save my sister. I don't know how, but I have to." What they match an expedition, and they figure out that hey Elsa has fuck, to remove
1: exactly that. But but no, they can't because all the families and all the kitties would be so fucking pissed because Disney probably wouldn't let them, and they had to pull their punches.
0: It depends what the arc is.
1: Frozen Two: Colon Pulling Punches.
0: In a movie where literally two main characters die. Yeah, the first one
1: had one main character dying. Yeah. Well, and she... then brought back to life with a with a unique version of love or true love, like an act of true love that was. <sighs> so, marriage advice that we gleaned from this movie. I'll go first. <laughs> Because mine's super simple, uh, know how to propose, how you're going to do your proposal, and don't do it the way Kristoff did. Super simple.
0: Very simple. Uh, my uh, marriage togetherness, being a couple, advice is to uh, not let your love be fragile. That love takes a lot of work, and sometimes the person that you love is going to have something else that's important in their lives that they need to focus on and you need to know that you'll still be there for them and they'll still be there for you even if they can't be there right now that you'll you can still help each other and that you'll still be there don't let yourself be the kind of person who without them just falls apart and never comes back you have to do the next right thing you have to not be fragile.
1: Yours was so much better than mine.
0: I know. You got really mad by the end of this. And we weren't I, I mad I'm in the theater that. like this.
1: Yeah. I, I, the, the more, more I we talk. About, the more I talk, the more I think about it. And the more I read IMDb reviews, like, like don't listen to other people. It, it's it's really good. It, it's good, you're, you're, but you're, it's you're letting, lacking. You're, you're letting the glitter outshine the poop that it's on that's what you're letting it's a gorgeous critic is 65
0: yeah it's a gorgeous movie but it's uh thematically cluttered there's a lot of things that needed to be trimmed i like the idea of this mysterious voice calling her on to her next big adventure i like the idea of anna learning that she has to go for more than just the people around her she has to go for herself and i like these characters and I like the emotional connections they have, but it seems like the story was not set up to service them in that way.
1: So I think to finish off, I'm going to read a quick little blurb from um, another review that I think just kind of sums it up. And I think this is perfect. So Oh, you uh,
0: found the perfect review already. I wish we had known that and not spent an hour <laughs> and a half trying to get to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if only. Um, uh, from Todd McCarthy, the Holly- uh, 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 reporting for The Hollywood Reporter. Frozen 2 has everything you would expect, catchy new songs, more time with easy to lie characters, striking backdrops, cute little jokes, a voyage of discovery plot, and female empowerment galore, except the unexpected.
0: So what what he's saying is that everything you expect except the unexpected. It's everything you would want except the things that you don't know that you want that you want to see. Exactly, Which is I think what a good because movie does. If you just get exactly the- what you want you'll get the same thing every time but if it delivers something you didn't know you wanted suddenly it becomes more.
1: Exactly. It becomes a good or even great movie. With Frozen the reason why people still to this day talk about it is because you get a non-antagonist in, uh, in Elsa. You get this awful turn with hans you get the truly really terrible rock trolls you get and you get the spunky really nice character in Anna. you you get these things that you didn't know you wanted and that's why trailers are good and bad because you you build a level of expectation with trailers and then you want to and then for me i've stopped watching trailers i used to Devour them and I've stopped watching them because I want to build a certain level of expectation and I want to exceed them. Like, I know a lot of people shit on um, uh, Infinity War or sorry, Endgame, but I honestly I enjoy it. I need to rewatch it, but everyone's like, Oh, the first two hours are just terrible. I'm like, I disagree. I liked it. I, I'm not saying it's the best Marvel movie, but I liked it. And then that last hour is the best one of the best hours I've, of marvel i've ever seen um but the, it, it is way down by the first two hours but i still like the first two hours so it's kind of that weird thing i am not ignoring the poop underneath the glitter but i don't see it as much of poop i see it more as stale bread it's more for me
0: yeah and endgame gave you what you wanted but the things that gave you that you didn't know that you wanted it you didn't want that either
1: (laughs) yeah a bit And (laughs) like
0: time travel Eh, uh, (sighs) and
1: frozen two doesn't give you anything that you didn't know you wanted or if it does it's small and it's not very wanted
0: there is a path this movie could have taken i'm not sure if it's better or worse but the original story the fairy tale that languished in disney development hell as they try to figure out what to do with it the snow queen was the villain yeah. she was the magic user and therefore the bad guy so let it
1: go is what changed her from um antagonist to protagonist
0: so in the second movie we could have had elsa turning to her powers and not having over whelm her but her just diving into them even fuller trying to understand where this is taking her she's on this quest she leads this she starts this she calls the spirits to her she does not ignore it she calls them she lets it take over she lets them into the town and then she has to go follow it she she purposely starts this quest there could have been a point where her magic grew so powerful she even talks about it i i got two of them to listen to me. What what could I do if I got the third one to fall under my power? Like they even talk about that. I can my powers are growing. I could do this. Let me try it. And they quickly back away from that again. And I'm like, yeah. "What is what are we trying to say here? Are we trying to say that she should be or she shouldn't be powerful?" Yep. It's
1: It's it frozen to Colin pulled punches. That's exactly what this movie is.
0: I'm glad they didn't make the magic user a villain. I'm glad I didn't turn like she turned dark, and all of a sudden she's the villain because she See, has or- too much power, which or- is an annoying thing to do to a female character of power.
1: See, this is where you could have gone along the same lines as Frozen One, and we have been talking about this for way too long. You could have had someone who did disrupt the whole reason that the um, the voice started calling to her, and the whole reason that the spirits like. Uh, went to arendelle or like they pulled everything from arendelle they um that someone in the enchanted forest started messing with the spirits and was trying to get them out of this 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 loop or whatever and the they actually can channel the spirits not elsa because ice doesn't work that way y'all But this other person who has lived in this tribe their whole lives as one of the tribes member, who was voiced by Jason Ritter uh, of Gravity Falls fame, uh, uh, talks about in his uh, one thing, well, I've never seen the sky without a cloud in it. So that'd be kind of cool to see. You could talk about it with that and how one of them is not necessarily making them the villain, but saying how they are trying to channel them in suggest and maybe i could kind of play around with that maybe they were the villains but still have it where it's her grandfather and all that stuff but that that they become the fifth spirit instead of elsa because it's always got to be elsa like then but she because she is of arendellian blood and of this tribe blood then you could, ha- then she could still be queen. This other person could be like the spirit, like how the avatar wasn't the ruler. They were the fucking avatar. It's the, the avatar isn't the ruler in Avatar. <laughs> They're just the fucking avatar. They're the bridge between the spirit world and human world. That's the whole point. So, like, why couldn't it have? Oh, look, that, that would have been so much fucking better. So, we've been talking about this for way too long. Already,
0: merit the idea. We've been talking about this for way too long.
1: Yeah, that's our slogan. So, if you enjoyed this movie, good for you. I, I liked it. I as the more I think about it, the music is catchy, but the story is flawed. The first, the first movie has flaws in its story. Whenever you dig uh, a couple layers deep, I personally think *Tangled* and *Moana* and *Zootopia* are much better movies by long shots, and. I, I everyone's like, oh, Frozen, 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 Frozen is a good movie, but it's not better than these movies. Those, all three of those movies are worlds better. So with Frozen Two, you're doubling down on a flawed story and you flaw it and give it more flaws. We have proper grammar with that.
0: <laughs> and that's Aaron's opinion. I liked it. I think that the points that drag it down don't break the movie, but they definitely don't improve it. I think the good parts are good, and I like the messages that it has about... Being in charge of your own destiny and learning to live for more than just others, and having um, to deal with the past mistakes and make them right in the present. I think all these are very important. It's probably going to be the same sort of split that you saw with The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi definitely had parts that dragged and dropped and storylines that were needed to some people, but to me, I really dug it because it felt like it was saying the story that needs to be told right now. So that's where I kind of feel like on Frozen 2. Are there parts that are bad? Yeah, but I think that the overall messages that it's sharing and suggesting and the way it tries to make the tries to fix the first one are impressive attempts. However, by doing that, you actually just reveal the fact that you really didn't mess up a lot with the first one, where you could have had like you said, Aaron, that song at the beginning of the movie, that doesn't fit into anything else that could have been worked in any which number of ways, but instead it was just appropriated to give the piece a sort of uh, mystical, mythical viewpoint. By trying to fit that into your second movie, you just make it realize that the first one had some flaws that should have been addressed at the beginning.
1: To me, there are some serious flaws that bring this just under the water level. It it start where it makes it start drowning. You, I think you're you're saying it still floats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I think it starts drowning at that point. Um, because once you start dragging it down enough, the, there are some beautiful beautiful moments in this. But
0: well, if it is truly a trilogy, the second one's always the worst yeah and i say that knowing full well what every star wars fan will say to me in response to that but yeah, I, what
1: about the two towers yeah
0: well i like the two towers but not everyone no one thinks the two towers, the oh, yeah. Yeah, the the two towers is the best of the trilogy Least favorite. yeah and i like movie. it but it, they fiddle around forever in that movie but it's my favorite i
1: think it's it's the lowest point in the in the series too when it right right before Look to me on the dawn of the third day. No, I think the
0: entirety of Helm's Deep is one of the most mastercrafted pieces of hour-long battle that I've ever seen, and it totally drags the story with it, and it's amazing. See? We don't always agree on things.
1: What?
0: What? Strange. Ooh, perish the thought.
1: So, thank you guys for sticking with us, if you have at this point. Um... If you liked Frozen 2, um, Gabi, have mercy on your soul. Will you
0: stop being so mean to people?
1: (laughs) No, if you liked Frozen 2, uh, tell us why in the comments below. And um, tell us what your favorite Disney sequel is. Uh, I think we've already asked that question, but it's been a while. And uh, we hope that you had a good Thanksgiving or have a great Thanksgiving, depending on when this comes out. And uh, we are looking forward to uh, December and Christmas time. We've got a few ideas. If you have any ideas, please feel free to suggest them. So, with that being said, and not stalling for any more time, because we are definitely way over our hour limits, she's Elizabeth.
0: He's Aaron. And And we're we're married to the idea. Aaron, you just gotta let it go. Ah.